This is the Self-Help Place podcast, the show that provides real self-help for everyone. Created and hosted by Dan Dyson. Hello everybody and welcome to the Self-Help Place official podcast. This is episode 13 and today we are going to continue with the social media problem. Now social media in itself isn't a problem, it's how we look at it and our perspective. Now I have my regular guest Dave Norris back on the show today. Dave, how are you doing in the middle of this very awkward and very scary lockdown? (laughs) <laughs> well, well, no one else was privy to the conversation we've just had before we start recording. But other than that, I'm doing, I'm doing okay. I'm doing yes. okay. It's um, the last week actually has kind of been testing in a lot of ways, and I'm glad we're talking about what we're going to talk about because I've had to grapple with that, and I think you said something similar as well. So I'm looking forward to getting into this episode. Yes, brilliant. Yeah, because um, the reason why we're going more into social media, because it is such a big thing to talk about, and it's something we can't do over an episode or two. It's something that will will be an ongoing problem and things like that. So to start off today, I'm going to tell you about a little a little moment I had early this week, which um, I thought I would bring to mind, because it, it basically covers what a lot of people are feeling when they go on social media. So I've mentioned it a couple of times on podcasts already, but I'm currently studying of um, software engineering, so but more specifically web development. Now, web development, there's a lot of programming and coding involved in different programming languages. Now, there's a um, halfway through my course, they give you little coding challenges. So what they do, they give you like a logical problem, and then you've got to solve that problem with your current coding skills and kind of get around it. And it, it it's great practice for you to like increase your skills and things like that. So this challenge we were given, and I won't go into the full details, I won't bore everybody with the full details, but it was a logical problem where like it was it was like a Santa's helper. And Santa had gone to this giant building with many floors that it was so the, the building was so high he couldn't see how high it went, so he could never reach the top floor. And he had a basement going really low, so he could never re- reach the bottom floor. And he'd been given a weird set of instructions that are just a really random array of like um closed and open brackets just randomly on the text document of like 6,000 lines and the instructions are every time there's an open bracket you go up one floor every time there's a down bracket you go down one floor so he has to follow these instructions to the end and the idea is when he gets to the end what floor will he be on so of course manually it'll take you ages to get this but there's a way of coding to go through to read a file to go through all that to find out what it is so I actually solved it quite quickly, and I was really pleased with myself. In about 10, 20 minutes, I, I solved the problem. But then I didn't notice there was a part two. And part two was, now with the same program you've just written for that, find out the in the, the exact index, the exact place where Santa reaches the basement for the first time. In the basement, he starts on floor zero. The first basement he enters is minus one. So it could go like a thousand times into like the upper floors. But then when as soon as it gets to the basement, ah, you've got to stop it, and you've got to tell everybody where that floor is. Now, I knew the logic behind this from, you know, my practice I've done before, but for some reason, I spent all afternoon on this. I could not solve the problem. I just couldn't get the code to work no matter what I did. And it was increasingly frustrating because, you know, it's very normal. The part of being, excuse me, part of being a developer and studying to be a developer is solving problems. And it is about being stuck on things for a while and solving them. But the hard thing about this was, in my head, it seemed easy, and there is nothing worse than being stuck on something you feel you should be able to solve. 
And what made it worse was, and this is where my point's going to come uh, come to be, on the um, the course on like there's like a course chat where everyone can like post comments on certain lectures about what they've done or any questions or problems they come across. And it was about 70 comments of people going, "Oh, here's my solution. Oh, here's my solution. It's great. All oh, this." And it like I interpreted that interpreted that in my brain as, "Oh, they found it really easy to solve." And all of a sudden, that thought came. I felt everybody could do this but me. And then as soon as I started thinking that, I started to feel a bit down about it. I thought, well, maybe I'm not wired for this, or maybe I just can't do it. Or Because I had a friend, um, I have a friend of mine who studies uh, a lot of the same course alongside me, and he managed to solve both parts of the problem. And from the way he wrote it, it seemed like it was kind of easy to him. And he would say, oh, I'm so proud I solved it on my own and things like that. And here I was, still stuck with a problem. So I tried more and more, but the more I thought about the fact that I couldn't solve this problem, the more frustrated I was getting. And he got to the point where I just had to, I gave up and looked at the answer. Now the answer made sense and it was like, oh yeah, if I'd just known this a bit more. So, but by the end of it, I was feeling awful. I felt terrible that I couldn't solve this problem and I just felt I was dumb and everyone else could do it. It was that easy. Everyone was commenting on it. But then I thought, you know what, I'll message my friend and say, look, you're amazing if you could solve this problem on your own because I couldn't, I really couldn't do it. Here's what I came across. And then he brought me out of it. He said, actually, it took me absolutely ages to solve this. And to be honest, it took some Googling and it kind of landed on me by chance. Um, so don't feel bad for that. And actually, my code, when I looked at it compared to the solution, was actually very, very close. So in reality, I was fine. I was actually getting there. I was just very, very close. And it's normal in the learning process to not get something. But then if, as long as you learn the solution, I know now how to solve that problem. So my conclusion to that is... Um, I feel that's what everyone, do, a lot of people do on social media now. You scroll down your newsfeed, especially, well, especially in lockdown right now, and you're seeing people doing things. They're making funny videos at home, they're learning things, and they're making great progress with everything. And I noticed that you come across that thing. Everyone's doing this, these great things except for me. My life is crap compared to them. And is that there's that word, everybody. And it goes back to our first episode, Dave, that we did about um, social media, which is kayfabe, that narrative that everyone's involved in. But we can get so engrossed in the narratives of everyone's stories. We don't know what's going behind the scenes in every household. There must be some like terrible things going on. and they might, ho Hopefully not, but you know, we have to kind of accept that you know, it is the whole world in lockdown and who knows who like who people are living with. And actually things are really not so bad. If you're got shelter, food, you're, and you're living in quite you know, if if you're living in you know, if you if if you're getting every your needs provided for and mentally you're you're okay in in comparison to, you know, a lot of awful disorders and things you can get. It's quite good. Uh, it's well, it's 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 as good as it can be, anyway. Um, so yeah, my point is, um, I got so caught up in thinking I was the only one who couldn't solve this thing, but there were seventy comments on that lecture out of twenty thousand students, and the amount of those I didn't know who probably gave up on it or spent weeks on it or something like that. Um, and it just, it, it created a false narrative in my head. And I heard a quote recently that every action you take is a vote towards your future self. So if you, if I just decided to sit and wallow in, oh, you know, I'm, I'm done with everyone else. I'm not wired for this. If I really continue with that, you're actually setting yourself up to not be that, that to, to not be able to solve problems because you give up on them so easy because you have that self-limiting belief. So I thought I'd bring that over to you, Dave. Have you ever had experience of that kind of thing before? I could, I've experienced that multiple times this week. 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's, fair it's enough. It's actually, it's so weird how it has kind of aligned this way. And a lot of people I've kind of spoke to have said similar things. Um, I'm going to talk about one today, which really annoyed me, really annoyed me. So I've been doing a lot of running. I love running. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, I've been setting myself harder and harder challenges. And um, I I failed today. I absolutely, I did not run well at all. I was too hard on myself, which killed my momentum to the point I, I retired the run. I'm I, I'm like, I'm, I'm going to be absolutely straight with this. I retired the run. I was in so much, I was in so much pain and so mentally in such a place. I was like, oh, fuck this. And I gave up and I walked the rest of the way home like a loser because <laughs> I, I, so I've been doing this thing and this is where I really, I shouldn't have done what I did. I, there's this app you can get and it tracks your, um, your progress, right? Right. So it's all numbers and here's your pace, you know, and like, here's the, like, here's how far you run and here, how long it took you. I've been slowly working up to kind of get that better and better. Um, and I was on a really good kind of streak at the moment. And then the moment I, I put the app, so I don't always use the app. I only use it sometimes when I want to measure a run where I'm really going to like push. Right. So I put it on and I went and I was just too fast and I killed myself. I absolutely killed myself. And I was going fast because I was almost like embarrassed that if someone was to look at the numbers that I had on my phone, yeah, that it wouldn't be good enough. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that just ridiculous? Like all these other runs. I mean, so I have a um I have like a circuit that I do. The circuit's about six kilometers, right? Yeah. And the other day I was I ran without my phone. I usually run with music or with a podcast or with something measuring my distance, but that time I didn't run with anything. I don't know why. It was something I was feeling. And I actually did my circuit twice, which is really good so i did 12 kilometers oh right? wow which i and i was feeling really good i was like you know like i just had that thing it was like i wasn't really thinking about it. i was like i was like getting to the end of it. i was like ah dave you could do that again come on why not it'll be fun and i just did it right without thinking right and then the next run is the run we're talking about today where it's like right you've come off this really good run let's measure it and really push yourself and it was just and i failed and i just couldn't do it yeah and, and it's just crazy like i don't i don't even know what that is i'm still trying to kind of get my head around it but it sounds like your like coding problem like you you nailed the first bit right yeah and then you come on to the second bit and then all you can think about is all the people that are better than you and and one thing i'm doing and it's so unhealthy i've been looking at celebrities and by celebrities i mean athletes and the times they've been doing in a 5k right yeah i can see where you're going what with this. am i doing that i'm not an athlete <laughs> what am i doing and i got really jealous i was watching like all these footballers put up insane times right right on running and like watching videos how to get your 5k in under 20 minutes and i'm not near that and i'm like oh well i must be a shit runner it's like stop it I, like i had to go stop it yeah. Just, this is ridiculous. Like, how is this? How is this progression? How is this growth? How is this anything? Which is amazing because given that two days ago I did this really, I, I don't even know if it's a good run, but I enjoyed it and I pushed myself. So 
I guess it's coming back to that thing of remember how you felt in that kind of first moment where it was good and it was natural and it was healthy. And then remember how it felt when you were, it's like today, it's like, oh, you were using the app to measure your pace because you wanted to show off, I guess. I wanted to have the numbers there for bragging rights and then it just (laughs) failed. I absolutely fell flat. I was sat on a bench. I don't usually have a break when I run and I was sat on a bench. I was drenched in sweat. Oh boy. I was drenched and, and then the kind of kicker in the teeth i was on this bench and then not that it matters but this old guy ran past me and then i I was like right come on catch him up catch him up and i tried again i couldn't catch up with him i was like oh dang (laughs) (laughs) there's that constant comparing yourself isn't it yeah yeah exactly and like it's like it doesn't matter it's like firstly i don't know how far he's run and he doesn't know how far i've run right that's the great thing when you see runners on like it's like i don't know how far any of you you could have done 10k he could have been doing one you know, so it was just so silly. But I told myself that, oh, like the story I took away from that moment was you can't even beat an old man in a race, which is such a dumb <laughs> thing. You know, it's such a dumb thing to say. It's a dumb thing to say to him. Who who knows? He could have been an amateur athlete. Yeah. And his age doesn't matter. But then what a dumb thing for me to say to beat myself down when I don't know his story. You know, and it's like you said with the comments. Mm. your comments being that oh there was like 70 people oh well I did it and I did this and you're oh it's really easy so I must you know be like I must be crap it's that sort of thing but we haven't even talked about social media yet well we have a little bit but that's it's amazing how with even it being on the sideline like these weren't things that strictly took place on social media but yet we're drawn to this comparison sort of aspect of our lives yep and i think well that actually just leads me on to the explaining point the reason why i brought up this comparing thing is actually because um i want to make the first official point if you like i like to make official points it's uh, it's fun to uh put that statement in there the first official point of this podcast is the com- comparing yourself on social media is not a social media problem it's a human problem and i what the examples me and dave have just given you guys is um just a typical example of things that comparisons and feeling of like worthlessness over things that have nothing to do with well mine had to do with technology but nothing to do with the social media side of things so i looked at that carefully because i thought you know you see people saying i always used to think as a kid the weirdest thing i ever heard from anybody was oh i enjoy the challenge oh i love a good challenge i was like who enjoys a bloody challenge like challenges are hard <laughs> i don't want to do them i feel awful mm. for it and i finally solve it and i'm just like thank goodness that's a bloody over with but it's only recently actually i've started to really see what they mean the difference between my mindset at that point and hearing someone going oh i love a good challenge i do is that the people who loved the challenge are the people who didn't compare themselves. They enjoyed the process of the learning. And now that is extremely hard to do, especially with the habits we've built nowadays. Uh, like I just mentioned, you know, when I was comparing my students who happened to comment who seemed to have nice little solutions and it was so easy, you know, la di da. And then what happened is I kind of, another thing I, in the last episode, I, I talked about um, watching out for symptoms of overworking and burnout. And one of them is that detachment. 
And I felt almost detached from the rest of the group because there was the group leader and there was all the students getting the answer. And it was like, well done, here's a gold star. And I was the kid sat in the corner because he just couldn't, just couldn't do anything. But that's how I felt. And as ridiculous as it sounds, um, that's exactly was the reality at that point. So that goes on to how to stop doing that. So Dave, like you said with your running, the good thing is, is that you're aware that it's ridiculous. And I honestly think that is all it takes to start bringing yourself out of that. Because when you truly believe that you are no better and like you're you're no good, you know, that, that, that gets damaging. But as soon as it starts off, you kind of know it in your head, but you still believe it. And it can come from a background where maybe you had a parent or a sibling or someone telling you, you know, like you're bullied or something, saying you're not good enough. You know, these ingrained beliefs can really bring us down. So the first thing is be aware of it. That's the first thing. Um, The second thing is you can learn to enjoy a challenge. Like as much as you did with the run, Dave, like you felt like you were terrible comparing yourself to athletes. You have to be like one, you did 12K um, at one point. You run every other day. You know, most of us don't even get off our couches like and... And even if you even if you are that person, that's fine, because um, this applies to you as well. Um, the, the case is you have to kind of focus on your own progress. And it's I realize that because I'm a, a drummer by profession, and the only the only way I got to the skill level where I was able to do it professionally was that I never compared myself to anybody else. It's natural sometimes. You're going to see a drummer or someone, you go, darn it. I wish I could do that. You know, that's normal. But when it becomes persistent to the point where it stops you learning, that's when it becomes a problem. And it's easy to separate because all you have to do is point number two. Once you're aware of it, take it out of context. So for me, for example, oh, I'm stupid. I can't do this, solve this problem. Everyone can solve it but me. So what I do, I go stop. Like you said, Dave, you went stop it. Tell yourself to stop. Bring yourself out of the situation. Right, let's have a look at it. So I thought, right, you know, this is programming. It is hard. It is known to be a really hard skill to learn. It's a massive learning curve. Like you have not only have to you have to learn languages, you have to learn how a machine and a computer thinks. So what you could know all the syntax in the world, but if you don't know how the pieces fit together, it you know, you've got no chance. So that's point number one. Point number two, like I said, there's tens of thousands of students on this course. The only people I saw were solved it were about seventy-three of them out of twenty thousand. I don't know how many of those twenty uh, other 20,000 or 19,000 something um, actually struggled to the point where they had to skip it, didn't bother doing it because it looked too hard, um, so, and, and the rest w- might have solved it, you know, or they would have taken a long time. And the thing is, what happens is I take unknown information and I take information that would kind of support my weird hypothesis that I'm the only one who couldn't do it. I put them together to an absolute conclusion. And there's a weird thing about our minds that we like negative conclusions. We're very, very biased. They, they call it negative bias. We, we like it. It's, it's more powerful to us than positivity. I think Susan Jeffers quoted, um, we've been trained to think that negative equals realistic and positive equals unrealistic, you know. You think about these people who go, oh, it'll be fine, it'll be that. We see that as a coping mechanism rather than something that's real and concrete. If you say, well, the negative side is, well, you could that could happen, that could happen. That seems more realistic. So that's the third point. Be careful 
of the positive and negative scenario. Just learn, be curious about your own how your own mind works. Think, oh, that's funny how I took that and I took that and I put them together to make this conclusion that only I was the one who couldn't do that. And sometimes it does take someone else to tell you that, you know. On my own, it was hard in the time. I was like, you know, I just felt down and dumb and I just felt, oh, maybe I'm not wired for this, which is a famous, very, very famous thing that goes around my head sometimes. Um... But yeah, um, so that I think that is there. The, I think there are three key points to stopping yourself feeling miserable. And you, and I think once you've gotten rid of that, and it takes practice. You start to enjoy a challenge. You know, I, I've recently this week after that moment, I started to really work on it. I'm actually enjoying the challenges because I, after getting stuck on that, I got stuck on something else. But then I went back to something a little easier, and I absolutely just bombed for it. I, I was really good at it, and it's something I wouldn't have been able to do two weeks ago. So the challenges are what make you grow. And if you stop comparing yourself and stop thinking these unrealistic things, that these negative things that really don't have any grounding in reality, um, I think you'll do a lot better in, uh, in the learning process. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, what you said about um, challenging yourself, there is a um, there is a science to this, and there is a level of challenge you need to meet. This is particularly true for athletes, right? There's a particular level of challenge where it's hard enough where it's just ever so slightly out of your skill range, but not so hard that it's unachievable. Yes. And then you're incrementally increasing that. I always think that with um, with video games, strangely yeah. enough. I think... So I've just finished uh, playing the new Star Wars game and it was mm-hmm. a challenge, <laughs> right? But it was very enjoyable and it constantly kept you at that level. It was genius. And I do not know how they designed things yeah. that way where it's like... I can do this. I just need to go a bit above where I'm currently at to win. And then once you do that, it rewards you, but then it takes you straight to the next yeah. one. And that's such a that's such a hard beat to hit. Oh, yeah. You know, because then you have to be really honest with where you are in yourself because there can be a lot of ego. So, so, so like with the running, it's like, oh, I can do that. I can push really hard today because I did this other thing. It's like, not necessarily. Not this, I wasn't honest with myself, you know, and uh, and then I tried to do it and I failed. And that's also fine. Now I know, don't do that again, right? So it's like, also, if it is above where you're at, it's a really good way to bring you down but in a, in a good way and go, this is where you're actually at. But that's fine because you need to know that. You would need to know that to then progress, right? Um, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, that's, I was going to say that's a very good point, actually, because um, I'm glad you mentioned that about, especially about the game. Um, that is a master tactic for any game developer. I mean, I'm actually playing Doom, not mm. the newer Doom Eternal. I'm playing the one before. I think it oh, came out 2015, 16. I can't remember exactly when it came out. Yeah, maybe even 16. later than that. Yeah. But it did the same thing. It had the same mechanics. It was just enough to push out of your zone. So you always had to keep keep moving, and then, but it was. It, it was it was a masterpiece because it, it allows you to enjoy that challenge. It wasn't too hard where it was ridiculous. It wasn't too easy where you could fly through it. It was just that perfect and they nailed it. And I've never I've very, very rarely seen games do that. And I want to bring in actually an audiobook um 
I am currently listening to, which is groundbreaking. Groundbreaking. It's called Mastering Fear, and it was written by a former Navy SEAL. Um, he was, and also he was a Navy SEAL instructor. And I, I will do a whole other podcast on this because this this book, honestly, it's changing my whole perspective on fear, and it's already made gigantic changes in my life over the last two weeks just reading mm. it. Um, uh, reading it while well, listening to it, you know what I mean? It's in book form as well. Um, the name of the author escapes me. Um, I will put it in the description of this podcast, but um, he mentioned a point about comfort zone. You know how everyone's saying, like, step outside your comfort zone? Like, you've got to really go outside your comfort zone, right? That apparently is the worst thing you can do. Um, and he says it's absolutely <laughs> BS advice because, and the reason why, and this is, again, he, he gave a lot of examples of his former Navy operations, you know, in Afghanistan and things like that. Um, he said, notice how Navy SEALs, you know, they tend to be a bit more fearless, quote unquote, about the situations, not because they are like, oh, it's all going to be fine at certain because um, they know life is not certain. Like, this this is their mentality. Life is absolutely not certain. You know, everyone knows that thing where you could get up, you could brush your teeth, you'd have breakfast, go outside, get hit by a bus. And as grim as that is sounding, especially the last thing you want to hear in a current lockdown is grim stuff, there is a point they make, you know. They have no control over that. And even Navy SEALs, who are the some of the world's most elite soldiers... You know, they have no control over that. What they do have control over is preparation and practice. So they have one of the most, I mentioned on a, I actually mentioned some of this actually on a previous podcast, come to mention it. But um, they mentioned they do intense training to prepare themselves. And in that training, as much as it sounds like a nightmare to do, they, they build up to it. And they say, don't, so the advice is don't step outside your comfort zone because, stretch your comfort zone and exactly what these games are doing they're just pushing you enough to just push those boundaries outwards the problem is with stepping outside your comfort zone is that you have no preparation you've no idea what you're doing stepping outside the comfort zone is me just i don't know i'd say like going to go fly a plane without any preparation it's like yeah i'm stepping outside my comfort zone yeah i'm flying a plane this is great i'm not gonna be able to take off in the darn thing i'm probably just gonna like put the wheels up and then just crash the plane just in standstill because I have absolutely yeah. and, and as much as that's a crude dramatic example that's exactly kind of what people are doing on a smaller scale they're having no preparation they're stepping outside the comfort zone they you know they fail miserably understandably but then they come back to it and they wonder what on earth went wrong and they wondered why did I step outside my comfort zone I want to go back in but what happened you have to prepare so let's say for example you want to start your own business and so you take the you take the steps to do that. You have to, and like you said, Dave, you have to be honest of what you can and cannot do. And it's absolutely fine to have weaknesses. And that is another key point I want to make today. Um, and then from that, you take those weaknesses and you go, okay, what skills do I need to be able to do this new big thing I'm scared of? You, and then you find that out, you prepare, you study as much as you can. You'll never be fully ready. You prepare and then once you're ready, you take a breath and you just go. Because that is stretching it. Because you're prepared. You're stretching it a bit more. It's not going too far out. You're as prepared as you can. And if it fails, fine. If it's success, great. They say it's, you know, it's not a coincidence that most millionaires have been through bankruptcy at least three times. You know, there's, there's a failure is such a good thing for us. So 
I want to bring that around as to why on earth we're talking about all this and not really mentioning a lot of social media. But it's like from what I mentioned, <laughs> social media, the problems we're having on social media are not really social media problems. It's human problems. And it they say um, for people with money, the best thing to do is like money won't solve your problems because what all mo- more money does, if you win the lottery, it amplifies your current money problems. And that seems like, hang on a minute, no, because you know if, I, if I'm broke... Um, a million pounds or million dollars, that's going to solve my problems. Well, yes, temporarily, but why are you broke in the first place? You know, if if you're broke by reasons that are not your fault, it's a different story. But if you are have awful spending habits and you are constantly going through your paycheck in like a day, not I'm not talking bills, I'm talking like actual spending on things. When you become a millionaire, you always spend you'll always spend what you're making. So, you know, you hear stories of people who are millionaires, they spend all the money and then all of a sudden they're they're back and they have less than £400 in their account or they're in an overdraft or in debt or something. It's because it amplifies money habits and it's the same with social media. If you already have some problems with insecurity, which is no, which is fine, as long as you recognise that, problems with insecurity, you've got um, issue, problems with anxiety, I know I do, um, problems with this and that, when you're on social media and you have no preparation and no guard for yourself, that's when it becomes a problem. It amplifies the problem because social media is in our face every day and we pick up our phones, we look at it. If you have problems with addiction, there we go. It amplifies the problem. So if you want to solve the problem of how you're feeling on social media, um, that's what you're going to solve. Are you spending too much time on it? Um, are you feeling like everyone's doing better things and you're not? Then you've got to realise, you know, take it out for a second. Like, don't try and go, okay, well, yeah, it's true and I am a loser. Or don't try and go, no, 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 it, it, it's all fake and I, I'm the real, like, I'm the real good guy here. Always try and take a scientific approach to your own mind. Go, okay, and this is what they actually teach in therapy. In, in cognitive behavioral therapy, which is used to treat things like anxiety, depression, this is what they actually teach you. They teach you to take a theoretical approach to go, okay, this is how I'm feeling. Let's step back, you know, because they don't they want they want to teach you to get rid of things that you might need. You know, like with my anxiety when I went through therapy, I was like, oh, I believe, you know, I'm I, I believe. If I don't check the doors definitely locked, then something awful is going to happen. She didn't. She didn't say the therapist was not like, no, 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 that won't happen. That won't happen. Like, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Does nothing, does it? Because deep down, your mind almost has a mind of its own in a weird way, and it goes, no, I'm not believing it till I see it. So the way to approach it is this: you've got to step back and go, okay. So here's what my problem is. I think something bad will happen if I don't lock the door. So let's think, theorise about this. What could happen if I don't lock the door? Well, someone could rob the house, blah, 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 things like that. You know, um, and is it a skillful means for me to check the door about 30 times to make sure it's definitely locked? No, it's not. So what you have to do then is confront it. So what I would do is, you know, in the midst of my, my OCD, I would check the door's lock once, walk away. It would be horrible. I would feel like I need to go back, resist. Because... You've already made a kind of preparation in your head. There's no point doing it. It doesn't work at the time because you're worried about it, but you have to resist it. And then you go back later in the day and you find out the door was locked. Something clicks in your head. You've taken that theoretical approach. Your mind's gone, ah, okay, so I don't need to check the door 30 times. I just needed to check it once and it was fine. And you can't control everything. You can only do the best you can do. Sometimes you are going to leave the door unlocked. You can't help that. So, But you can't fill in every gap. You um by trying to check something 30 times because 
you know, that's that's you wanting certainty. So that's just one of many examples of different things that can be affected by this. So again, with social media, you kind you have to be aware of the of, of those kind of issues. Oh, sorry. Would you it agree, like Dave? You were, yeah. gonna, you were good. You <laughs> were going to keep going. Fine. Sorry, I'm very sorry. <laughs> so I was I hoping you were mesmerised by my tales then. Sorry, what was that? I said I was hoping you were mesmerised by my uh, wonderful uh, storytelling and you, uh, podcasting I, I, ability. I was, I was, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I was thinking, I was just thinking about an ex-girlfriend of mine as well because she she had OCD, and I was just, I was sat here like, oh my god, that sounds horrific. Yeah, it absolutely sounds horrific. But it, it sounds like like every time you manage to kind of change your thinking. So like you were talking about checking the door, then walking away. Mm-hmm. I think we've already used this phrase on this podcast, but it's like doing a rep for your mind. So when it actually, you've done that, you've resisted the behavior to go back and check it. Yeah. And then you've been rewarded. That's it. Then you have, you've, you've done a little bit of rewiring. Yes. You have, you have, you have then taught yourself that, oh, like if I, there's, I can achieve the same thing with a method that's more healthy and, and the outcome is more productive. And I think I think I said, oh God, I, I honestly I was lost there thinking about how awful it would be to kind of go through what you what you went through. Yeah, it's I, uh, I, can't, I can't even imagine. It's not something I'd like to repeat ever again, <laughs> to be honest. But no, mem- I bet you wouldn't. Neuroplasticity, folks, that's the key. And neuroplasticity means well, it's it's a neuroscience term, which means your brain can be rewired, and you have to this this little brain, this little squishy brain of ours, um, is trainable. And again, they, they say you can't t- teach an old dog's new, new tricks. I only really partially believe that. And the partial belief I have of that is if that person is unwilling. You can change anything about yourself if you're willing to do that. The people who don't change are the people who don't want to change and make no effort to do that, you know. Um, and it's I was surprised myself how much I could change. I mean, I look back at that time now. I would probably say I'm I'm a completely, utterly different person than I was back then. Just in regards to life values, ambition, um, even mental habits. Because I just spent time... In, and the thing is, what people um, got to understand, it, it takes a long time. Anyone listening to this right now going through therapy, just keep at it. It takes a while. You know, it's not going to be some overnight thing. It's not going to be two weeks and I'm back to normal. It's all great. It took, took, takes a while. But it's, but it's not like... When you think about it, if, when I think about it, it took me a good five years to really get to grips with, like, OCD. Um, and when people listening to this think, five years? I don't want to be, like, etching away at things for five years. But actually, it didn't seem like five years at all because you enjoy... Yeah, but like you, norm- you normalize these things, don't you? Yeah. You normalize these strange behaviors. I mean, like, when I was, like, battling with, like, depression and stuff, like, you... you- you live with them, like you, it's it's a fear of change. I was I was going to say, do you, do you not think the reason a lot of people don't change is the fear of it? Yeah, um, it's an interesting point actually. Uh, fear fear is fear is an interesting one, which is this is why I'm going to talk about it a bit more in future podcasts. But um, do you mean do you mean like fear of the change, or do you mean fear just just to elaborate on what you mean? Sorry. So when you're talking, you you, kind of said um, if people don't change. Yeah. um, I can't remember exactly what you said, um, but it's, you were kind of going down the road of, you know, it's like, it's up to them to change. And if they don't, then that's kind of on them. You didn't mean, you didn't mean it that harshly, but like 
maybe the this awful thing they're living with is it becomes what they know. So there's a sort of weird like Stockholm syndrome to it. Oh yeah, I definitely, mm. I definitely had that. I was kind of weirdly. This is gonna sound so strange. Addicted, not addicted. That's the wrong word. But there was like a weird sort of Stockholm syndrome thing with the depression. You know, it was like it's almost like God. It was like it was a part of my personality. I think that's, <laughs> that's yeah. horrific, you know, and it's like it, you have to detach yourself from that. And and as well, going off, it will take a long, it will take a while. Dan, it, this is, this will be for the rest of your life, I think. Like yeah. it's never, I don't think it ever goes away. Like I, you know, like I've, there's re, me recorded a few weeks ago saying I'm the best I've ever been. Then I've kind of had a not so great time recently and I've had to make a change. I've had to make changes for that. Mm-hmm. I had to rethink a lot of things. Not a lot of things. Um, but rethink what I'm doing. Why is it I feel that way? And then just being okay with it. And I've actually started to kind of turn it around. Yeah. And one of the major things I did, and I do this every so often, I've said this before, and I'm going through it again. I got rid of all the social media apps off my phone. Mm-hmm. I just got rid of them. Yeah. I just got rid of them. I had a really good conversation this morning with uh, my flatmates as well, just talking about like, having this weird fantasy of like buying a flip phone and like <laughs> never going on social media again and just went, oh, if you need me, I call miss me. flip phones my... anyway. Oh, yeah. But like my flatmate, Jess, she, when I first met her, she didn't have Facebook. You had to text her. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was, I super respected that. I was like, God damn, like that's, that's, that's secure. That's, that's living the way you want it to. That's living it, the metric you want it to be on. Yeah. It's amazing. I, I, I thought I loved that. So I would clarify um, what I was saying, like uh, going off on what you said from, um, from that. Uh, first of all, when I mentioned the whole change thing and it's up to people to change, I didn't, um, it's, it's really more of a blameless matter. And I don't mean it as in, oh, if this person mm-hmm. doesn't change, it's their fault. There's no faults involved in regards to mental training. No. You know, it's hard because sometimes... You know, some people live with these awful conditions. You know, there's there's conditions that you physically can't change, uh, do anything about. And that's not what I was talking. What that's not what I was talking about. I was talking about um, sort of changeable habits. You know, mental disorders are a very very tricky thing. Now, mm. OCD, yes, it is a it is a mental illness. It's something that I will probably live with for the rest of my days. But you can, I, I could change it to a point. I, I knew my limitations. I can change it to the point where it doesn't affect my life. Now, of course, there's a lot of people with terrible disorders where they can't do anything about that. So I was thinking, I was speaking more change um, in regards to what you can control because there's a lot we can't control. You know, we can't change a lot of situations internally or externally, but we can do whatever we can. Um, So, but like I said, I'm not, doesn't really phase me that I'll spend my life dealing with this because when you start to actually really enjoy looking into yourself, making changes, taking new perspective, it never gets boring. And I think I would rather have some kind of battle that I enjoy fighting, so to speak, than having absolutely not a single th- issue and then just live life just normally. I, I honestly realise that's the problem exactly. with things like hedonism. The, you, there's no mm. there's no real enjoyment out of it. When it, I, I, There was a time, actually, I, I couldn't tell you the exact dates, but there was a time where everything just felt absolutely fine 
And I think what happens is it scares people because they think, hang on, is this all it's going to be? I think sometimes we just need a bit of challenge. We need a bit of that growth. And as hard as it is sometimes, we do need a bit of that. And like I said, just going from what I mentioned again, you cannot always change everything. It's it's all about what you can change. Now, that's the whole point of the self-help place. You know, sometimes self-help isn't enough. Sometimes you do need to go and get actual help and, you know, manage a condition, whether it be, um, you know, on uh, psychiatrist prescriptions and you see psychothera- psychotherapists, things like that. You know, the, the self-help place is the idea is to assess yourself. And if you do need further help, it's to help you recognize those symptoms and go forth and get that help. And and that's that, that kind of level is beyond this podcast and beyond this website. Self-help is going from every every single person even if they have these things but for actual you know full-on treatment of like actual mental conditions and uh things like that like biochemistry and all this kind of thing that's a whole different ball game so again it's being aware of that Mm. as well yeah what what you were saying there really made me think of something this whole there's this dualism throughout the universe that's what i'm gonna call it so you were you were talking about like having challenge to kind of having challenge there, having a little bit of challenge in your daily lives to kind of help grow. I always think about some of the greatest like technological developments that have happened usually happen out of war. So for example, like World War Two and the Saturn V rocket, right, which the Nazis developed, without that evil, without that challenge, without that conflict, we never would have gone to the moon. So there's something this something really yes there was this great struggle there was a great struggle and lots of really terrible awful things happened mm-hmm. but a result of that was this amazing thing so I saw a, a picture recently as well it was in Australia and obviously they had the horrendous bushfires at the end of last year going into this year mm-hmm. and um, actually there's quite a few plants that need forest fires to thrive a a a good by good i mean a controlled and natural not natural but but a forest fire is essential for part of the system Mm -hmm. to regrow and there's this beautiful photo of um, all these ashened trees yeah but off of that all these amazingly beautiful flowers are coming out of the ground so it's this like juxtaposition of these amazing, beautiful flowers coming from absolute devastation. Have you ever heard of um, Kintsugi? Do you know what Kintsugi is? Uh, it rings a bell, actually. I just couldn't tell you what it is. Maybe I've already said this on the show. I'm going to say it again because it's amazing. Yeah, um, why not? It <laughs> is a chi- it's a Chinese form of pottery and repairing uh, broken plates and vases and whatever. And what you do is you find the broken plate or vase or whatever it is you're working on and you you glue the pieces back together with gold. So you use molten gold to fix it back up. And then obviously there's there's a real spirituality in this is that, you know, we can all become broken at times. But when we build ourselves back up, we create something more beautiful. Amazing. I would like to go off that actually. Um, that what you said about things coming out of struggle is a great contrast to what we started with 
in this podcast, which was about sometimes you feel like, you know, you really struggle with something and, you know, you feel like the only one who can't do it and you're struggling. It's amazing what comes out of that struggle. Like what, like I said, any problems that were easier than that than normally I had to think twice about, I could just do it from the back of my hand. It's amazing what can happen. I mean, don't get me wrong, we're not advocating that, you know, long-term human suffering is the answer to finding no, answers to struggles. Of course. All, I mean, I'm just putting it out there just in case, you know, I don't want people to think this podcast is like, <laughs> yeah, you know, start things like genocides and stuff. It's amazing what's coming out. No, no, nothing to do with that. But it's, it's showing you. But I think the main point is how people and even plants adapt to intense struggles i mean the world war 2 what have what world war 1 both world wars what happened and the deaths was just i mean it was unbelievable even to this day i sometimes think about it and go i can't believe that actually happened it wasn't a, just a movie it was something that actually happened all those people actually died and the way we were able to rebuild and adapt is the key so that's going to be the first concluding point of today is adaptability. So like I said, we've talked about, um, you know, finding, seeing the struggles for what they are. And, you know, you have times when you're just going to feel like everyone can do something or everyone's got it better than you. You go scroll down on Facebook, everyone's having a wonderful time and suddenly look at your own life and think you're wasting your life we're comparing and contrasting and that is only beneficial in very very small amounts when it comes to like just other things but when it comes to your whole life perspective we start to come to conclusions um but instead there's a secret that we're missing you know we we if you start feeling feeling like that instead of wallowing in it thinking okay i'm feeling like that what would i like to change take action on it change change the ta- turn the tables on your own head you know you you have you have things like, well, you know, oh, this person's doing this, doing all this amazing stuff in lockdown. Um, all of a sudden, you might not want to do any of what they're doing. You might have nothing to do with it. Like these, I see the um, singer friends of mine, they're doing amazing singing and stuff and doing. they're all doing all sorts of collaborate, music collaborations and things like that. And I don't really have any drums here to do that. And I'm, I'm kind of like FOMOing. I'm like, but then again, it's, then I go, hang on a minute, what am I? What am I doing? And, and actually, I'm enjoying what I do more than doing that anyway. Like, I, I, of course, I miss that. I miss music a lot. I miss going back to it. But I'm doing something on my own. And you stop compare. You stop comparing. You look at your own life. I take action. Anything I want else? Anything else I want to be doing? No, I'm fine doing exactly what I'm doing. And then from that, you know, we lead to. Um, just, just how to view your own mind, you know, you're theorizing, uh, when you're having a negative belief, you go, okay, let's actually look at that. It's all about bringing yourself out of that perspective, seeing the bigger picture, um, and changing, adapting, uh, changing yourself and exploring, I mean, exploring yourself as cheesy as it sounds, exploring yourself, it is an amazing journey and it is incredible to see what you can do when you really put the effort and time into changing what you can change, you know, if you have, if you're one of those who has a life-changing disability of the physical or mental kind, you know, understandably, you know, there's, there's things, there are things we do have to accept and it's easy for me to sit here uh, and say that and someone who doesn't, well, I have OCD and, and anxiety and that's about all I have and I'm grateful, you know, that I only have that and there's a lot of people who have other struggles but it's, it's, Taking your own situation, you know, there was a there was a very famous guy. His name escapes me now. Always, ah, oh, these names escape me. But um, I think <laughs> he was born with no arms or legs. 
and he goes round and he oh, gives. Oh, I know who you mean. Yes, yeah, yeah I know exactly Nick who you somebody. Mean. Yeah. Uh, I think, but yeah, he. But what he did, he would. He took a situation. It was a very hard situation. He took it and he thought, "What can I do about this?" And he made a change. Now, be careful when I say that. Don't fall into the trap of, "Oh, these people." are accepting their conditions and they're doing something about it and I'm still not. It's no, There's no blameless pressure. You've got to get out of your head of, oh, they're doing something about it. Why aren't you? There's, that's a re- I hate that attitude. There is, a, there is nothing worse yeah. than that attitude. It's all about your own self and what you can do. These people might be doing amazing things, climbing mountains and things like that. You might not want to do that. If you want to do it, you can then look at see if you can take steps to do that. But if you don't want to do it, don't compare yourself to anyone who does do it. Mm-hmm. So it's all about that on social media. Remember, it's it's yeah, it's always amplifying amplifying your own insecurities and things that you have. It's okay to be sensitive. It's okay to have insecurities, but just look at them on the bigger picture. And then from there, take perspective, talk to people you trust, you know, get their perspective on it as well, because they can sometimes just bring you right out of the perspective and you think, why was I thinking that, you know? So it is important um, on that one. So yeah, Dave, yeah. is there anything you'd like to add to that? There is. Um, amazingly, we didn't touch any of the notes I actually had ready for this podcast. Oh. <laughs> That's how it <laughs> happens, touch isn't it? one. Didn't touch one of them. So there's one I want to talk about because for some reason recently, I've been really into like sports documentaries. And there's two absolutely fantastic ones that everyone should watch. Um, first one's The Last Dance. Have you heard about this? I've That's heard of The, the Last one Dance, on Netflix. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely outstanding. I mean, talk about people that go get what they want, you know? Um, right. Do, do you know what it's about at all? Um, no, you, you'll, have, you'll have to tell me, actually. I've seen it a few times. Ironically, I've seen it on social media a few yeah. times. <laughs> um, it's about the Chicago Bulls which is the NBA team uh, during the years when they signed Michael Jordan. Right. And the team he built around that. Um, we could do a whole episode on that, to be honest. Uh, but there's another one that I was watching uh, watching recently. Um, it's called All or Nothing, and it's about the All Blacks, the famous uh, New Zealand rugby team. And um, there was this famous incident. So one of the episodes is talking about... Um, so the the All Blacks were playing um, the British and Irish Alliance team, right? So it's a test, a, a three series test. So three matches they do, they call them tests. They do it every twelve years, and uh, one of their star players got sent off, and he had what was then what was then deemed as a really illegal tackle. So he really could have hurt this guy, really could have injured him. Um, and after the game, he had to go to a rugby committee. Like a like a team like a, a team of people who were gonna investigate the incident further, and he got a four week ban. This player, now, and he is one of the stars of the All Blacks. Like he, he's also like a he for New Zealand. He's the heavyweight boxing champion as well. Like he's a super athletic guy. And there was this amazing bit in the documentary when he walks out of the the kind of it wasn't a courtroom, but let's say courtroom for the sake of this, and there's all the media there asking him questions. He said his statement, because this is what happened, this is what it did, this is what I'm going to do, and he left. And then the next shot is him talking to the camera, and he's just saying, I don't care what the media say. Not in the case of, oh, I don't care, I do what I want. He goes, I don't have time for it. I don't want it in my life. I've removed it. And he said that the thing that upsets me about this whole incident is I've let my team down 
I'm brothers with these people and I behaved in a way that has negatively impacted them. Right. And yeah. that's what he feels bad about. He doesn't care what everyone else thinks. Yep. And I think that is one of the most amazing things and I can't stop thinking about it. Yeah, that's incredible. It's like, me, it's, it's, it's like the whole thing of like me putting something up on Facebook to then, you know, people make, have people make fun of me, you know? And it's like, well, I don't have time for that. If I was just playing for myself and I'm doing it for actual, I want to say pure, but it's not the right word. I've figured out my values. So this player, his values are with the team and the camaraderie and the love of the sport. Yeah. If I'm uploading this thing on Facebook to seek validation, I'm doing the opposite where I'm not doing it for myself. Well, I am doing it for myself, but I'm doing it for everyone else's validation of me. Yeah, and I just thought it was an amazing moment. I was like, I need to need to write this down and share it with everyone. That is so great. Absolutely tremendous. He just didn't care. He didn't bat an eyelid. He was like, I did the wrong thing. People are probably not going to like it, but I'm not going to listen because I care about my team. I care about my coach and what this means and what it means to me and what it means to them. And I care about them. So I'm putting myself aside and this is what it's about just Amazing. beautiful absolutely beautiful yeah i think that is a perfect example and like i don't think i could have put it better myself as to how you converted that to social media you know it is it's amazing and everybody's done it i mean you could eventually say there's two types of people in this world people who have posted for validation and liars you know people of course it's again it's the back to that human problem yeah. sometimes you can just post not for yourself just because you feel it's great to put it on but when those likes don't start rolling in you have everyone's had that post and we've talked about this on previous episodes everyone's had that post or two that's had zero likes and then you start questioning yourself and questioning whether it's worth it and putting your worth oh, on it that's trap. exactly yeah. that's another example of that exact kind of problem so there we have it folks it's just about um Remembering that it's a human problem rather than a social media one, and it amplifies. So I think if you want to start looking to have a healthier social life, focus on what it is specifically that you do on Facebook. Are you posting for yourself and your friends and family? But are you posting for validation? You know, and it's, you know, it's great putting pictures of beauty and all this kind of thing. But, you know, you put your, your, like Dave, you said in a previous episode, you're putting your sense of worth on other people's opinions and that can happen just as easily off social media but because it's more accessible to people and it's more well i'd say anonymous but it's anonymous in the sense that you're not physically in front of people and you're posting that it's it can become more of a crisis for you so that's the first point i think the next social media episode we'll discuss in part of this social media series uh we'll start looking at how that specifically um, to manage your social media and look at techniques. I'll also be looking at how, um, I'll be looking at some articles about that and just see what's the best kind of, put it in step-by-step points as to how to manage social media properly for anyone who is struggling to deal with so much of that. So, Dave, thank you very much for pointing that out. I know you had a lot of notes on today and sometimes when you're in talk <laughs> conversation, it's hard to bring them up, but we'll be coming back to social media. It's a very, very big thing, very current thing. It will be current for a while, so it is point. So please save that note, Dave. We're going to come back to you uh, yeah. with with those notes at another time. But Dave, um, thank you once again for coming on the show. Appreciate you coming on as normal to making these really good for some really good insights in these episodes.
Yeah, as always. Thanks again for having me, mate. Thanks no again. problem. All right, folks. Thank you again for listening. And uh, I'll be posting this um, ASAP. Not that you need to know that right now, but uh, <laughs> uh, enjoy this. Um, it, this. This podcast is on iTunes, but for some reason, they don't seem to add the episodes until the next day. So um, it is on iTunes as well. So feel free to have a look on that. The, the podcast is on there as well. Stay tuned. I've got plenty of uh, content coming up for this podcast. Lots of ideas to discuss. Thank you for tuning and, uh, in. In the meantime, Please stay safe. The website, um, look after yourselves during lockdown. And um, I shall speak to you all later. Bye-bye.